morning, my family. Amazing day to worship the Lord, amen? Let's all stand. We'll put our hands together. We're going to lift our voices together, amen? The Lord tells us that He inhabits the praises of His people. And so today we're going to do that, amen? We're going to worship together. We're going to lift His name on high. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing it together. Come on. Great, so never change. 
prosper When the darkness falls It won't prevail Cause the God I serve Knows only how to triumph Oh my God Will never fail Oh my God Will never fail Sing this with us I'm gonna see See a victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. And I'm gonna see a victory. And I'm gonna see a 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that victory, Lord. We declare that victory in our life. That victory, Lord, that we declare today, Lord, comes from only you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that we get to stand up here, Lord, because of the victories that you give us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Continue to declare this. Oh, yeah. Rushing wind, fire of God, fall within. Holy Ghost, breathe on us, we pray. As we repent and turn from sin, revival and smoldering, breath of life, fan us into Cause we need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven. So pour your spirit out, and pour your spirit out. Let's pray this together, church.
Father. We come before you this morning, God, just full of your spirit, God, grateful for this fresh wind, this fresh outpouring, God, of your spirit, Lord. We thank you because your spirit breathes life into us, God, that you brought us out of struggle, Lord. You've brought us out of pain. You brought us out of poverty, out of addiction, out of suffering, Lord, through your spirit, through your holy breath, through this fresh wind, God. And we thank you for that this morning. Heavenly, Heavenly Father, I pray a blessing in, into this place, God, a blessing over this time for you, God. I pray for Pastor Richard, Lord, who just had his hip surgery. I, God, there's so many people who have massive surgeries like that, and they have complications, Lord. But for Pastor Richard, we're believing in full healing, Lord, full recovering in Jesus' name. And for anybody else, God, who's dealing with medical issues, who needs procedures done, I pray healing in Christ's name, God. I pray blessing. I pray restoration in the name of Jesus, God. We thank you and we praise you, Lord, for who you are and what you're doing. And all God's people said, amen. Hey, church, let's take a moment and let's greet each other with the same spirit of worship as worship comes to an end this morning. Well, good morning, good morning, New Beginnings family. How we doing? We awake, we alive. Come on, how we doing this morning, New Beginnings Church? There we go. Hey, church, my name is David Sanchez. I'm the youth minister here, and I'm, we got a couple announcements for you guys. And I'm AJ Kelly. Oh. I'm one of your, I'm AJ Kelly. I'm one of your worship leaders here. <laughs> and yeah, we just got a couple of announcements for you guys before we get started for anything, uh, with anything else. Uh, church, Next week, we are having our baptism service, and man, I am so excited for this because baptism service is just this beautiful thing where we all come together right here in the mall. We do our baptisms, and every week, church, you do such an amazing job at just supporting and welcoming all the people, all these new believers who make that decision. You know, church, it's not just for new believers. If you've maybe been walking with Christ for a while and maybe you've gone astray or maybe this is just your first time ever hearing for an opportunity to get baptized, we want to invite you to sign up for baptisms next week. It's an amazing opportunity to just, you know, step into this mandate from Scripture to repent, to be baptized into the faith. And it's an amazing, amazing time every single month. How can how how do we register for baptisms, AJ? So you can go on to our you can go on to our uh, website. There's a place where you can register on our website, or you can call just our uh, our main offices uh, Monday through Friday um, from eight to five, I believe. Uh, you can call our main offices and just let them know uh, I want to be baptized. And we also have uh, connect cards. That's the word I'm looking for. Connect cards out there in the front, and there's an option on there, too. You could leave your name and your contact information, and then there's a little check, uh, 
checkbox that you say you want to get baptized. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, church, on the way in, you might have noticed a huge canopy out there, uh, the New Mexico Lobo sign, or the the Lobo's logo. That's a tongue twister right there. The Lobo's logo is out there. And the reason for that is because right now we are holding signups for our Christian education courses. And, family, if you've not been a part of these classes, I want to highly encourage you to go and check them out, ask ask questions to these teachers, and figure out what's happening in these classes because it's an amazing, amazing amazing experience. I remember we, we took discipleship together. We did. Yeah, yes. over, over yeah. at your mom's house, man. Uh-huh. And man, that summer, I remember like day two, we were sharing our testimonies. And before you know it, we we're just there. Lots in, of tears. Shit. Lots of tears, man. <laughs> lots of enchiladas, man. It yes. was it was great. Just it, it's not just about the learning about the education, but through that, we have an opportunity to grow our roots deep together and to find that family in Christ <clears throat> there with your peers uh, in in these classes. And AJ, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, Christian Ed classes? More specifically, tell us about the class that you lead this semester. Definitely, yeah. So Christian education is an awesome way to just get grounded, to learn different ways to, to study God's word um, and just open the doors to so many different things. And one of the classes that I teach is young adults. Um, I remember when I graduated high school, I was 18 years old, and I had not a clue what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I had no plan. I didn't think I was going to get that far. And a lot of us felt like that. A lot of young adults from between the ages of 18 and 25 feel like that. They don't understand what their gifts and talents are. So that's what I want to do with our young adults, our college and career class. I want to help you guys find your talents, discover your gifts that God has given you, and how you can use that to find what your purpose is, what you want to do with your life, and most importantly, to find what your purpose is in God's kingdom to keep it moving forward. Absolutely. That's so beautiful, man. So young adults, I want to encourage you specifically, sign up for this class because as a, as a fellow young adult, I know it, it's something that we need. This iron really do be sharpening yeah, iron in absolutely. these classes. Definitely. And so uh, not just for young adults, though, but any Christian education class that you may be interested, go and check out uh, the registration tables out in the mall. And also, church, one of the many features that we offer here at New Beginnings Church, I want to remind you about this morning is our app, NBC. ABQ app. Uh, It's available on the App Store and on Google Play. You just type in NBC ABQ to the search bar right there. You see our little church logo pop up. And it's there's so many awesome resources there because through there you can register for baptisms. You can register uh, for so many things. And also we have sermon notes in there. I know sometimes uh, when I'm up here teaching, I can go a little fast, you know. And so that's why we make things uh, we make these things available to you through our app. We have all the sermon notes listed on there. And on top of that, if you want to go home and maybe study these scriptures that we talk about on your own all the scriptures are there and all you got to do is open that app and check it out there and there's so many other amazing things to check out on uh, the new on the nbc abq app absolutely definitely and another thing that's coming up too is camp Camp season, baby. Yes. <laughs> Man, we are so excited for youth camp. Uh, camp season is coming up. Camp this year is May 29th through June 2nd. And if you have any young people in your life uh, from the ages of third grade, finishing third grade, going into fourth grade, um, all the way up to 12th graders in high school, we have a large age group that goes with us. I want to encourage you to sign them up for camp. Uh, it's an amazing experience, and uh, you can find me out in that booth right over here outside of the youth area after service. I'm more than happy to answer any of your questions about camp, and we can get you registered today for camp, and we're so excited about that. But church, none of these things would be possible without your 
faithful giving. And so we want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness in our tithes and our offerings. Thank you for, uh, t- for holding on to that mandate that God gives to us in Scripture. AJ, can you tell us about the different ways we can give here at New Beginnings? Absolutely. So there's a few different ways you can do that. You can do text to give. You just uh, type the number, uh, text that number, and then give, and then the X amount of money you want to give. Um, promise you're not going to get all kinds of spam texts after that. Uh, you'll just get a confirmation code right after saying you want to give that X amount of money. Um, you can also go to our website, nbcabq.com slash give, um, and it'll lead you right to our giving. Or if you have our app, at the bottom, there's a little place. It's got a heart, and it says give. You can click on that, and it'll just take you to the link to our website to give there as well. Or if you have a check or if you have cash, whatever you have you would like to give, we have envelopes outside of the sanctuary, and you can put it in there with your contact information so we could just say thank you. And then when you're dismissed today, we have drop boxes at uh, each exit door on your way out. Absolutely. And church, that's about it for all of our announcements. Now, will you do me a favor and help me welcome our brother, Pastor Michael Romero, to the stage this morning? David, what you doing telling people to check up on us, man? Sometimes uh, go study the word on your own. What's that all about? You're supposed to take what we talk about, and that's it. What's up, family? I say that, of course, because you're supposed to. Thank you for the reminder, Brother Dave. Hey, church, thank you so much uh, for that uh, time of worship. I always say thank you. And, uh, of course, I would be remiss if I, if I were to take this pulpit and take this platform any time it doesn't matter how many times I step behind this platform. It's always an honor and a pleasure and always uh, want to give thanks to my pastor and my spiritual father for entrusting me to take this platform, to take his spot. So I thank him always. Thank you, Pastor Richard, for allowing me to do that. Uh, thank you to him and Pastor Cindy and our leadership team for entrusting uh, this platform and pulpit to really the flock. Amen. So thank you to him. We miss you, Pastor Richard. We miss you. We can't wait to see you. Uh, how was that Super Bowl? How did that treat you guys? It's been a week. You guys recover yet? Yeah? You guys recover, recover from that food coma? It's been seven days. Who, who's still eating some of that nacho cheese? Estoy hasta aquí, man. I'm up to here. Nacho cheese is coming out my ears still. Why is it that we still buy the five-gallon drum of nacho cheese for three people at the house? Why, why, why? Tell me why. But congratulate you if your team won. I know uh, A.J. Coley, who was, and I point this way because I know he was over here this week, but last week he was over here playing bass. And um, he, uh, he's the only Chiefs fan I know, and um, at least for now. Right? Um, any other uh, bandwagon Chiefs fan we have? Or is it just AJ? No? Yeah? Okay, cool. Another guy, I got an honest guy over there saying, me too. He says, I root for only the winners. That's good. <laughs> hey, man, that's, that's what we can do, right? We give each other a hard time. But I, I, I spent the afternoon doing what dads do best. How many dads we have in the house that know the, the dad trick, right? We just sit down and we go, and I miss about the first half of the, the, the first quarter because we just sit down in the chair and we go. That's it. That's all it takes, right? That's all it takes. Just 
That's it. I, I told AJ, I said, one day, young grasshopper, one day, you're going to have that trick. Because he goes, I don't know how you do it. I said, I, one day, you're going to learn that you get to sit down in this chair in this space, and you just get to sit down and just, that's it. In the middle of a conversation. I've done it before. In the middle of a conversation, I've done it before. But that's my crazy family. AJ is now part of my family. Amen. But, hey, church, that's right. Pray for him. 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 Uh, Church, today we are going to continue our series in rebuilding your future. Hey, church, before that, thank you for the reminder. Dismiss our young people. Man, I did so good last week, too. Thank you, Dave. Man, almost two for two. Almost two for two. I want to dismiss our youth to youth class. Thank you for the reminder. Amen. Uh, We are continuing our series today. Uh, We're going to continue rebuilding your future. And I'm touching on families because last week, you know, Roxy brought forth this beautiful prayer. Sister Sister Roxy brought beautiful this beautiful prayer about uh, families and how last week uh, Super Bowl would bring such a crazy dynamic, right, to uh, to our household because it statistically speaking, it does bring a lot of different dynamics. I mean, truth be told, when you go to most Super Bowl parties, it's not just punch being served or lemonade, right? Though that would be nice, maybe, but there's alcohol involved in different dynamics. There's emotions involved when one guy doesn't like that the other team is winning and we have sore losers that doesn't, that doesn't like that the other team scored and whatnot. People don't know how to handle that. And, and then you have a lot of domestic violence. And so we, we, we touched on a lot of families. Sister Roxy brought forth a beautiful prayer over our families. And it brought forth this message this week because today we're going to focus on rebuilding the family. It's such an important piece of who we are. And New Beginnings, I want you to know, church, that New Beginnings were so passionate about the family. We're so passionate about the family. And you know, the world has a lot to say about the family. When we look at the world, we see what they really have to say about the family. But most especially, we have to understand that the nuclear family church is under attack. It's been for a very, very long time, um, actually since the inception of time. Let's be honest. I can't say, well, starting in 1962. No. Since the inception of time. It's you and I who sometimes let our guard down that allow for things to happen that can break down our family. Amen? We have to realize that, church. And so when we, when we go to the easiest fixes when, uh, when our families are under attack and we, we say, oh, you know what? Yeah, that's true. We need a quick reminder. Maybe we're standing at the grocery store line and we have everything we need. So we think and we're standing at the grocery line and we see the Reese's peanut butter cups and we see the Kit Kats. And for me, Almond Joys is where it's at. Almond Joys is where it's at. It's for me, Almond Joys. If you put it Almond Joy in front of me, it's like it's going home with me. That's the bottom line. And, and then sometimes you see a magazine there that goes like 974 ways to make your wife happy. 
And guys are like, that's, that's a good idea. I need 974 more things to do in my life. <laughs> now we grab, we grab that magazine and we say, cool. And then you women are standing in line and you go, two things to make your man happy. I, don't blame me about the numbers. I don't know why they're so far off. And they're so high over here and so low. Don't blame me. I just see the numbers on the magazines. Don't blame me, ladies. Okay? Or men that were so easy. I don't know. It didn't matter. Don't blame me. All I know is that those are the headlines. And we look at that. And we say, God, I'm going to do that. Or maybe we turn on the TV. And we click. And we say, what's Dr. Phil talking about today? Oh, yeah, that promo that he did last week. He was going to talk about... The family, and he was going to talk about how we're going to do this and how we're going to do this and rebuild the family, and we're going to show you how to do this. And we're going to, or maybe we see Oprah and we say, We're this TV personality, or, or this radio personality, or maybe we're scrolling through our social media and we see this story that tugs at our heartstrings and it pulls us in a certain direction. And we go, You know what? That's true. That's how it should be because it just makes sense how that guy said it. It just makes sense. How that girl said it, it just makes sense. That Instagram story, that TikTok story, it just makes sense. But I want to read to you just a couple of things that don't make so much sense. You understand that in 1963, 87% of households were two-parent households, as opposed to 2020, according to the latest census numbers which are 41%, 41 from, 60, from 87 to 41%. It's a big number. It's a big number. We don't, why? We can blame, a, we can blame so many things, right? People say, well, you took prayer out of schools, you took this. We, we don't know the exact reason why. But we know the family is under attack. That, for sure, we can say. We can say that the U.S. is the leader, the world leader in single-parent households at 23%. This is the United States of America we're talking about. We are the world leaders. Mm. That's us, baby, in single-parent households at 23%. Okay? A 2016 survey showed that 63% of fathers at least are recognizing. This is the positive side of this number, is that fathers are at least recognizing this. But 63% in 2016 is probably a little bit worse now. That number could probably jump a little bit. But they recognize that they spend too little time with their children. 63% say, yeah, I don't spend enough time with my kids. The good thing is, like I said, they're at least recognizing it. But are they doing something about it? Recognizing it is one thing. Actions are another. Amen? Here's one thing that's huge for us because it's the act of communion. And we're not talking about when we get together here and we take the bread and the cup. and we No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting together. Coming together, right? The definition of communion, coming together. Family dinners are so important. Why? 
Because it's a time that you and I get to share intimate, intimacy with one another. Emotional intimacy. When, that's why when you walk into a restaurant, it's not quiet in there. It's why, well, people are talking. There's, it's loud in a restaurant. Even in the most elegant of restaurants, people are talking. Because that's the time where you share a meal it's a time where you share life with one another and you go, hey, how was your day? How, how's life going for you, man? Babe, daughter, baby girl, how's school? How's work? Wife, husband, how's life for you? How was your day? They, showing them that you care about what's going on. Let me just give you some of those stats. For the silent generation, if you were born between 1928 uh, and 1945, the silent generation... 84% of them experienced frequent family dinners. 84% of the silent generation, if you were born between 1928 and 1945, you experienced a regular family dinner. If we're talking the boomer generation, if you were born between 1946 and 1964, the boomer generation, known as the boomer generation, that went down to 76%. Okay? Generation X, if you're born between 1965 and 1980, we're talking 59% of those now experience frequent family dinners. Now, let's work our way down. Millennials, if you were born between 1981 and 1996, 46%, right? We're seeing this trend, right? You see where I'm going with this? And then we're talking about Generation Z, the kids that we just dismissed, those guys that are across the way over there, 38% know what it's like to sit together with their family and share this bond, this time of communion, this time of intimacy with one another. That's huge. So you this time of, of being together and sharing life together, that's what families do. And we're talking about rebuilding. We have to rebuild. And instead of us turning to magazines and personalities and TV personalities and, and social media about how we're going to handle these things, you and I need to turn and take it back to basics. And we need to turn to the Lord for that direction. We need to turn to him. You see, when I train, most especially my tech team in the media booth, um, by the way, um, if you ever want to volunteer, trust me, you don't need a lot of experience. You need to know what a power button is to be able to work there because, honestly, it's very simple, but I tell them all the time. Don't think that if something goes down, I tell, I tell my guys all the time, guys, take it back down to basics. Right? That's why everybody, if you've ever worked in an office environment or maybe you've seen Saturday Night Live. You guys ever remember that guy from SNL, the, the IT guy that everybody hates? I don't know if you guys remember whether he comes in and I'm having a problem. He goes, move. You guys remember that guy? He's just that guy that treats you just like you're, you're, you're an idiot, right? Move. And then you would move and he'd go, oh, is it on? Or when you call IT for an issue that you're having with a TV or your computer, they go, the number one question that they ask is what? Is it plugged in? 
hey, is it plugged in? And you're like, what do you think? What do you mean, is it plugged in? Oh, would you look at that? <laughs> it's not plugged in. Here I am calling this guy a moron. And it's not plugged in. Who knew that the printer needed paper to work? Here you are taking apart this printer. How many of us have done that? I have taken apart my printer, looked at the ribbon, and I'm pulling all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, this thing's not working. And all of a sudden, I open the tray. And what do you know? There's no paper in the paper tray. Who knew that the printer needed paper? Back to basics. And we need to take it back to basics. And, we, and when we turn, and we need to stop taking it and making it so complicated and turning to these TV personalities and saying, I'm going to read this 20, these 20 pages or these 974 ways to make my spouse happy. We need to take it back to basics. And look what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tell us. You guys might know it by heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And we have to take it to those basics. The basics are what? Trust in the Lord. Seek his will, and he's just going to show you. You have to trust him. You have to trust him. And we have to rebuild. And if we're going to rebuild our future, if, we, we, if we're going to rebuild our community, if we're going to rebuild this congregation, if we're going to rebuild this community, we have to take it back to basics. Amen? So let's pray before we dig into the word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. <sighs> Lord, we, we exhale, Lord, because it's so comforting knowing, Lord, that we can come into this place, Lord, and know that, Lord, you have a word for us, Lord, that is about to build us up. It's so comforting to know, Lord, that we come into this place broken, Lord, but I know for a fact, Lord, that we walk out, Lord, in an area of our life, Lord, completely transformed, Lord, that, that your word, Lord, would, would plant a seed in us today, Lord, in areas of our life, Lord, that will truly make a change in our life, Lord, to rebuild the family. In Christ's name we pray, Lord. Amen. So church, we have been working on rebuilding our future, and we've been working in what? The book of Nehemiah. And if we recall, in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 6, he was, or the people of Israel were rebuilding the wall, and it tells us this. Let's look back at uh, verse 6, chapter 4. It says, the last, or rather, at last, the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city. For the people had worked with what? Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm, right? And we're going to stop there. Because remember, church, just a few verses down, if we work our way down a little bit more in verse 10, just a little bit down, they were working with enthusiasm, but then you keep reading and then they lose that momentum and they get kind of, they get kind of bummed out when they see how much work is ahead of them still. In verse 10, they lose that. They get discouraged and begin to complain that they're essentially overwhelmed with how much work is ahead of them. So sometimes you and I, church, I, I, I see us that way. I see us. I, I remember being um, 
I remember being 20, I, I was about 23, 24 years old when I, was, when, when, I was, when I was a newlywed. I was a young buck. I, I can't believe I'm saying that. I, I was, I can't, I, I, I don't feel like I'm 42 years old. But I remember 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago when I got married, I was filled with fervor and enthusiasm, just like the people of Israel when they were building the wall, rebuilding this wall. And then all of a sudden, just like them, they lost a little bit of steam. And I think sometimes we're like that too. Because we go, squirrel, work, squirrel. What distraction has you, right? What responsibility? Squirrel, a hobby or friends, maybe, maybe a hidden sin. What has us distracted that you and I sometimes, we go in there and we say, we're going to build this family. We're going to have these children. We're, man, this is going to be great. We're rebuilding this wall. And then all of a sudden you look back and you go, man, that's a lot of work. But I also have other stuff, and then we leave the wall at 50% built just like the people of Israel, and then we go, I'm losing steam here. Then you lose that enthusiasm. I want you to turn with me to the book of Colossians, if you will, church. You can either leave, like I say, if you have a hard copy, uh, you can leave with me to that, or you can scroll on your phone, always available to you on our screens. Book of Colossians. We're going to be in chapter 3. But church, I want to give you a little bit of context. I always have to give you a little bit of context. The book of Colossians, one of my favorite books in the entire Bible. One of my ultimate favorite books in the entire Bible. Because it connects with us so much with who we are today. I'll tell you why. Book of Colossians, written by the Apostle Paul. It was one of the epistles. The Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the, to the church in Colossae. And he wrote it, and he never went to Colossae, but he wrote to them. This church was started by a, name, by a man named Epaphras. He was sent by Paul to start this church. And Epaphras goes and visits Paul in prison. And Paul goes, well, hey, Epaphras, and I'm just going to give you the Reader's Digest version. And he goes, hey, Epaphras, give me an update. What's going on with the church in Colossae? And he goes, it's, it's going all right, boss. It's, it's, it's going all right. They're, they're, they've lost a little bit of steam. They're, 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 they're getting it somewhat together, man. They're, but, you know, they're, they're, they're trying their best. And he goes, well, give me, give me some, what's going on? And he goes, well, see, you have to understand, church, the people in Colossae, they were mostly Gentiles. So they were not Jewish people, mostly. There were some Jews in there. There were some Jewish people within the, 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 the town of Colossae. It was a small town of Colossae. And so when they formed the church in, in, in Colossae, there, between the Jews that were in there, they started mixing the Jewish faith within the, what we call the new Christian faith that was founded by the church and by Paul. So they were being guilted, essentially, they were being guilted into uh, celebrating the Jewish festivals, 
the Jewish feasts, that you can eat this, but you can't eat that. You better not do this. You better not do that. The Sabbath, you, you, you have to, the, the Jewish laws, if you will, living by the Torah, the, 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 the laws of, of the Torah, okay? And they said, you have to live by that. So they go, okay, sounds like you know what you're talking about, so I'll do that, along with keeping my Christian faith. And so what essentially they were doing was they were, they were essentially made themselves a buffet of a religion, of a belief system. Does that sound like 2023 to anybody else? Or is it just me? Or am I stepping on toes? Just me? Okay. Must just be me. But they go like this and then go a little bit of this one, a little bit of this one. I, I feel like I can, I can do this and just go to confession on, over here. And then do this. Ouch. Hmm? What? And then, and then. Oh, okay, cool. And then I can do this one. And then have two wives over here. Huh? What? And then I can have this one over here. Huh? What? Hmm? Okay. And then, uh, yeah, that's what they were doing. And then Paul goes, No, 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 no. No. Let me let me take it back to basics. Let me tell you. And so when Paul wrote this letter to the church in Colossae, in Colossae the the whole purpose of him doing this church was not to guilt them. And so don't take what what I say today or any time to guilt you, but it was to stop and recalibrate, okay? And so when we're rebuilding the family and you're saying, man, I've done all these things wrong, man, I've got to start all the way from the beginning, and you're like, oh, man, i got to go all the way back there. No, all you have to do is stop if you're facing this way and recalibrate And now just point yourself this way. See, that is our jobs as pastors. That's literally the meaning, right? Those that oversee the sheep. That's the meaning and the definition of a pastor is to say, no, 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 mijo, mijo, you're going the wrong way. You got to go this way. No, this way, this way. And so that's what Paul was doing. So read with me, if you will, Colossians chapter 3, just to give you a little context on Colossians. So you know what we're looking at. Verse 12, we're going to read 12 to 15. This is what it reads. It says, since God chose you to be the holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. Verse 14. Above all, clothe yourselves with love. Which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Verse 15. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members... Of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Now, I don't know if that takes it back to basics enough for you. That takes it down to basics. Clothe yourself in tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. He said, you guys are getting it all twisted. You guys are overcomplicating it. Take it down to basics. Now, Like I said, stop and recalibrate. Today, we want to do the same. 
When we're talking about rebuilding the family today, we want to do the exact same thing. Stop. Recalibrate. We're going to talk about some things that you go, man, you know what? I've been doing that. Maybe I haven't been doing that. Or maybe it doesn't mean you have to go all the way to the beginning. It just means from this point forward, I'm moving that way instead of continuing this way. That's fine. Make your way down here and go that way. That's all this means. And if you and I are to dedicate ourselves to do what we have to do to rebuild our families, here are a couple of things that you and I need to do. Okay? One of the most important things is to embrace each other's differences. Don't forget, okay? Our notes are available for you. So if you don't get to write these down, always look at our app. Embrace each other's differences, okay? You have to embrace each other's differences. Now, you have to look at your family. I love to look at my family like a piece of puzzle, like, a, like pieces of a puzzle. We're all built weird, man. Now, literally, physically, we're built weird. I'm like, that's how I see myself. But we all make this beautiful picture of a family. All these intricate pieces are just different, different pieces make this beautiful puzzle called my family. Okay? Could you imagine how boring life would be if there were four Michael Romeros in the house? How chaotic, maybe, depending on how you see me, right? You just get up at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock in the morning, you're like, everybody in the house, hi. Because I'm, I'm that guy in the morning, I'm just like, what's up? Like, I'm not the, I'm not the, hey, everybody, I'm, I'm not that guy in the morning. You know, give me some time. Give me some time. I don't necessarily need caffeine, but hey, give me some time. Okay? Uh, you have, you have like my, my youngest, Kristen, who's from the second she gets up, she's like, hey, guys, and she's coming out of the room singing, her and her dog, you know, they come out, her and Frank the Tank, they come out of the bedroom Man, a hundred miles an hour from the second they wake up to the second they lay down, they lay their head to go to sleep. That's who they are. That's who Kristen is, right? And then you have like my wife who's just kind of in the middle. She gets up and she's, she's the calm one in the house. She kind of keeps it in the middle. And then you have like me and Adrienne, you know, who are kind of the mm, bah humbugs of the house. <laughs> or just a don't talk to me quite yet. Okay, just, just not yet. Give me some time. But could you imagine, right? I mean, I mean, when we're rebuilding the family, don't forget about this family too. Don't forget we're a family. You guys have to sit next to one another on Sundays and Wednesdays. Right? You have to come in here and say, you're sitting in my seat. Or, hey, somebody's sitting in my assigned seat. You guys think we have assigned seats? We don't have assigned seats. But could you imagine how crazy life would be? How boring would it be? I mean, this is my church family. I mean, this is my church family. You guys are my church family. Like, my people up here on stage, they're, they're like my family. We spend so much time together. But how crazy and boring would it be if all of us were like, like Roxy. 
Roxy is over there, and she's the, you guys be careful. You guys be nice to one another. How boring would that be? Roxy, I love you, but oh my gosh. Roxy, lighten up a bit. My goodness. Man, these are our family members. We all make, look, look what it tells us in, in Psalm 139. I got to give her a hard time every time I'm up here. You guys know it. You guys know it. I'm like 10 for 10 right now. So, Psalm 139, 13 to 14, it tells us this. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Verse 14, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Some more than others. Amen. Oh, goodness. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. How well I know it. We have to embrace each other's differences. The other thing that you and I must remember that we have to do, church, is that we have to affirm what we add to each other's lives. Not only embrace the differences, but we have to affirm what we add to each other's lives. Now, when I first learned and I started talking about affirm and affirm this and affirm that, I'm like, what are you talking about affirm? How does one affirm anything? I finally learned that sometimes to find something out, you have to look at the opposite of what it means. And so I looked up affirm one day and I said, how do I affirm this? And well, what's the opposite of affirm? And it, the opposite of affirm is to deny and so to affirm is to proclaim it and to be proud of it. And so to affirm it is not just to embrace it, but to proclaim it and say, yes, I accept it. This is part of who I am. This is part of who they are. I don't only embrace it, but man, do I love that about you. Like, like Kristen, ever since she was a baby girl, she's been just a musical kid. I mean, she wakes up, from the moment she wakes up, she's always humming. Humming all the time. <laughs> like every... <laughs> like, I don't know what she hums sometimes, but she's humming something. Right now, she's into Elvis and the Beatles. So she's working her way from the 50s, now she's in the 60s. Right? I can't wait she gets to the 70s with some earth, wind, and fire. Some tower of power, right? She's working her way there. I'm not really looking forward to the 80s, right? But <laughs> I'm look, really looking forward to earth, wind, and fire, right? But church, she, right, right now, I, I love this thing about her. It drives me crazy. Oh, it drives me crazy because she won't let it go. She'll sing one, like half a verse of a song, Okay, like, like three or four words of a song, okay, for like six days straight, for like seven hours in a row, okay? Like right now she's go, she goes like, I want to hold your hand, right? and, she'll say, and then that's it. But she'll just sing that over and over and over and over. And so I just, yesterday she was, I forgot what song she was singing yesterday, what Beatles song and I tell Barbara, and I literally just, because I've come to embrace it and love it, but 
at the same time, like I said, it drives me crazy. I, I, I turn over to Barbara and I go, is that the song of the week? And she goes, yep. And I go, all right, that's the song of the week. I wonder what song the jukebox is going to choose next, you know? Who knows what's on shuffle? You know, who knows? But that's who she is. Those are the kids in my life. My eldest daughter, my oldest one, she is, I call her junior. Okay, I call her junior, right? I call her junior because she, she might as well be a boy. She's my tough one. She's, she's my tough one, but she's, she's my nurturer. She knows how to nurture, man. And I'm telling you, um, she's, she's a tough one. Pray for AJ. I'll never forget when AJ asked, AJ asked for, for my permission the rule has always been in my house that you want to date one of my girls, they go, don't talk to me. You talk to that man right there. Before you even come 10 feet and ask me out, you got to talk to that man first. And so before he even pursued her to date her, at, when we were at the old building, he took me into a private office and he goes, with fear and trembling, I'll never forget this. Remember that, AJ? He was like, <laughs> He asked me for permission <laughs> to date and to pursue my daughter, just to pursue dating her. And all I said was this, and he's right there. He won't let me lie. I said, sure, but good luck. That's all I said. Did I not say that? That's all I said. I said, good luck. And to this day, he said, you ain't lying. <laughs> you weren't lying. That's Junior. That's Junior right there. That's, that's my boy right there. That's, that's Adrian right there. That's my boy. That's the one I can, I can wrestle with. Me and her will go toe-to-toe. I mean, she don't play. She don't play. She's not, she's not one to take you down, but she's not one to take it laying down either. But she, she's, a, she, she's a tough one. But that's Junior. Let me tell you what the book of Psalm tells us about our kids. Book of Psalm 127.3. Children are a gift from the God. They are a reward from him. Those are the kids in our lives. That's who they are to us. And we have to affirm who they are in our life. Not only do we embrace that, not only, but we proclaim with pride and we say that, oh, those, are my, those are my kids. <laughs> yeah, that's them kids. Them, them babies' kids. That's my kids. <laughs> And then you have, for me, because I'm in charge of this sermon, I have the queen of the house. You might have the king of your house, ladies. Then you have the queen who keeps it all under control. That's, at, at least that's for me. That's my case. I don't know what your case looks like. I hope it's the same for you. I hope it's the same for you. But that's who she is. Barbara is comfortable. She's like, I don't want to be in the front. I don't want, no. I'm comfortable running this computer in the back. I don't even want you talking about me. But guess what? I'm the one with the microphone. <laughs> hey, can we point the camera that way? Can we? <laughs> Just kidding. But that's because I know. See, she's the one that keeps me grounded. She's the one that keeps me level-headed. 
She's the, the steam behind this engine. And I, I'm not saying it because she's right there. People, you know I have talked about her like that behind even closed doors. Because that's who she is for me. I know that when I have a horrible day or I'm going through a rough patch, I know I can go home and my feita, because that's what I call her. And I'm sorry, Roxy, I know you hate that I call her feita, but that's my feita. I, I know that when I go home and I'm having a rough day, my feita just grabs my hand or just, I know it's going to be okay. I know it's going to be okay. Because the book of Proverbs tells us this, 18.22. The man who finds a wife finds a treasure. And he receives favor from the Lord. And I have found my treasure. And I, I affirm who she is. I'm, I'm happy. At, at times, trust me, being a pastor, you feel... You feel the pressure, right? Oh, the pastor's wife has to play the piano or she has to do this or she's got to be involved. And I'm like, well, whatever you want to do, it's fine. I proclaim who she is. I affirm who she is. I affirm that. Church, let's move forward. The other thing you and I need to do, church, is learn to say, you know what? It's not me. Or rather, it's not you. It, 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 it's actually me. It's not you, it's me. And it's hard, isn't it? I, I, I see a lot of elbows right now like, oh, si calor, it hurt, I know. It hurts. But it's, it, why? Let me just talk about it. It's important to realize that you might actually be the problem. But look, hear my heart. I wish I, I wish, I, I wish I could tell you that I did so much research on this that I spent sleepless nights talking and, and doing research on this. But I'll tell you, I, 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 I did it the hard way. I went through it. I went through it. I had to learn to say maybe, oh, let's, let's look at the book of James. Chapter 4, verse 1. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that war within you? Now, James, when he wrote this, he wrote this about the church quarreling within themselves, within Christians, right, with the church. But I will tell you something, that when you're battling those things within you, those inner battles that you face here, come out here, too. And so they cause battles and quarrels out here, too. And it's those battles that you and I face that maybe we don't know that we face. These battles inside. It's always easy to point the finger somewhere else. Most especially, family, when we don't know what's really going on. Because you and I are confused. I don't know why, but I, I'm deflecting. So I got to point the finger. It's your fault, man. It's not my fault. It's got to be you because there's nothing wrong with me. It has to be you. Stop me when I'm lying. So family, before we lash out and point fingers, I want to challenge us to do a couple of things. Because when we start pointing fingers, that leads to criticizing. It leads to confrontation. So before we do all of those things, I want us to ask us a couple of things. One, is it 
about us being selfish. Before we start lashing out, let's start doing a couple things different and say, hey, is it about me being selfish? Is what I'm about to do, how I'm about to react to this, is it about me being selfish? Is it about me being selfish? It's easy for us to be selfish. Is it about what I want? Not necessarily about what you need or want. Is it about what I want? Or maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's about me being petty. Is this about me being petty and not really choosing this battle correctly? This is a stupid battle to fight. Is, it, is this just about my pride? Because that's what pettiness comes from, right? Pride. Or how about this? What if it's just about me trying to get even and just being the little four-year-old, right, inside of me fighting this battle? Maybe it's just a little four-year-old battle. Church, I, I want to introduce you to this video. Turn your attention to the screens. We came to re-engage because we had become roommates learning some new things to help improve our marriage. There was an infidelity and a pornography addiction that she wasn't aware of. We were headed for divorce. We heard it was a safe place to reconnect with your spouse. I had an affair and I was ready to leave my family for it. We were in a downward spiral in our marriage. Uh, we were just constantly fighting. The first time we walked into Reengage, I actually felt hope. I was just very nervous to see what was going to be revealed. I felt Finally, this is a place where I do not have to pretend. This class would require sharing and transparency, which was not something that I was used to. I really didn't want to tell people about what was going on in our marriage. I was very fearful. Uh, being an atheist, I had never willingly walked into a church. And I was so grateful as we walked in that there were people there to greet us that were so kind. The first time I walked into Reengage, I felt hope and peace. It was the first time I had ever heard people talk about really hard things they had been through and also hear that it could be okay. One of the biggest things I realized was that I was the biggest problem in our marriage, not my spouse. I had blocked out feelings, not only from my wife, but also from myself. We did an amazing job sweeping conflict under the rug, which over the years just resulted in resentment and uh, mistrust. Terry and I have been married for 19 years, and there are still areas that we can improve on. One of the biggest things I realized going through Reengage was how God's Word came alive. God actually had designed marriage. Our Reengage couples poured love into us and accepted us uh, without any expectation. And there was a, a true desire to understand and not necessarily judge what I was doing. One of the things I, I liked about Reengage was being able to share our story, talk about it freely in a safe environment. Now our marriage is characterized as one full of love and grace. Our marriage is characterized by putting Christ at the center. Daily prayers, a lot of laughter. It's not perfect, but our disagreements are now opportunities. If you're considering coming to re-engage, the one thing I would want you to know is that you will be surprised at the relationships that you'll build there. It's worth giving God an opportunity to come in to your marriage. Church, I want to introduce you to this awesome couple. Will you help me welcome Marie and Art Posey to the platform? Marie and Art, um, they, 
they come. We've been talking about re-engage. And we're talking about rebuilding the family, right? And we, like, we've been talking for the last few weeks about how much we believe and how passionate we are here in New Beginnings about families. So I want Art and Marie, I, we took this opportunity because if we're talking about rebuilding the family, we said, well, you know what? Instead of me giving this 30,000-foot overview about what re-engage is all about, I want the facilitators to come in and talk a little bit about it. Just give us a, a, a couple of minutes to talk about re-engage, and we'll go back to the sermon. But I want you guys to talk to us about re-engage because this is so important. Marie, take a, just take a quick step forward because I want you guys to talk about re-engage. Most of our couples that have been through marital problems, I'm sure, have navigated so many ways, right? They've gone through counselors. They've gone to maybe counseling here at church. They've gone to secular counselors. They've gone to counseling firms. They've gone to other people. Why re-engage? Is, is this a last-ditch effort? I don't know. Why re-engage? Tell us. Art, share with us. Re-engage is a program that's designed to bring marriage back to the fundamentals bringing it back to the author of marriage, which is God. The Institute of Marriage was designed by God. Man comes in and adds their own version in. Therapy is a great thing, okay? There's a lot of great therapists out there. But that's their opinion, okay? They can't fix anything for you. Why not take it back to the person who can fix it, okay? Hmm. There's nothing that God designed that he can't fix, hmm. Okay. And what re-engage does is it takes you back to the fundamentals. The first eight weeks are fundamentals of marriage. How did God design marriage? What was the institute of marriage meant to be? What does a husband and a wife really look like? Not what society tells us, but what God's word tells us. That's what makes re-engage different. After the eight weeks, we break it down into a smaller section of 16 weeks. That's a small group. We'll select certain couples to go into more in-depth studies into their marriage. Okay, That's where we'll get to the nitty-gritty. The reason we select certain couples from the large group is because the 16-group session is a lot more intense, and we're really going to focus on your marriage. Now, our, the good thing, if you and Marie come in as facilitators... And the good thing is that to be able to be facilitators, you guys have um, full house. You guys know the dynamics of the family. You guys have the two kids uh, grown, right? You guys have been married now for 34 plus years. Uh, a perfect marriage nonetheless, right? For 34 years, perfect marriage. Yep. Never knew what uh, the trials were, right? And so you guys... Um, the grandkids, the family dynamics, you guys deal with all of that. Tell us some of the things that you guys deal with. I know you guys deal with some of the things like divorce, separation, the family dynamics. How, how does it go in like that? I think what, what has made us successful and what has enabled us for God to use us is mm-hmm. I compare our, our marriage to the best definition is Wreck-It Ralph and Cinderella <laughs> put together. Okay. If, it's, if, it's, if, I, if it can be wrecked, I'll do it. Okay. So I'm kind of an expert in that area, okay? And not from, you know, reading books, but because I've done it, okay? I can teach you from, okay, this is what I did, and it doesn't work, okay? And from my wife's standpoint, 
she's taken the time to allow God to grow me into a man, okay? To allow God to do what he needed to do. No matter how painful it was, no matter what she had to go through, she let God do what he needed to do. In today's society, there's so many people giving up. National statistic, I said in the last sermon, 60% of the marriages in the United States end in divorce. The last stats that were taken, it's 70% now. And like I said, watch the news. You wonder why the country's breaking down? That's 70% of young men who grow up in homes without a father. How are we supposed to build a church when women are trying to raise grown men? ain't going to happen. It's not God's design. So what God has done through the ministries that we've taught is through my own journey, he's taught me to teach men who were broken how to become men, how to become leaders in their family. And not from a book that I read, but from my own experience, from the journey God took me through, which (laughs) incorporates pain, Mm -hmm. struggle, a lot of, a lot of mistakes. But God always told me through our marriage, and Reengage will teach you this is, I don't need you to be perfect. I just need you to show up every day. And I'll do the rest. And luckily, he gave me somebody who was willing to stay there with me through that period to build a strong marriage. Marine. Anything you'd like to add about re-engage? Now, you guys have been a part of this ministry for many, many years. The Lord transplanted you from, a, from another ministry. The Lord called you to new beginnings. You were, you were comfortable where you were at for over 20 years. And the Lord said, it's time to move. You, you came into contact with this one guy that has changed a lot of lives forever here. His name is Richard Mansfield. And, and, he, and the Lord goes, you... You need to start making this shift. And you go, Lord, I don't know why I feel this shift. And you said, Art, I feel the Lord tugging us over here. I don't know what's going on. And Art said, okay, well, we'll, we'll take a look at it. And you guys prayed and prayed and prayed. And then you said, I don't know why the Lord is taking us to new beginnings. I don't know why. But it's because of our passion for families, your passion for families. And there was a need here that you guys are definitely helping us fill that gap and helping us will re-engage and we say thank you for your dedication you're working with a team of facilitators uh, two other couples one, two of our very own with Mike and Rosana Torres and John and and uh, I don't know why her name is, is uh, leaving Alejandra thank you John and Alejandra the Senas uh, they're working with co-facilitating this with you guys as well and, and you guys are, have dedicated the last few months in training and moving forward you guys have said no we're in this for the long haul and so uh, you guys are doing this, and man, we thank you guys for that, because it, it's, it, church, can, can we celebrate the dedication of Marie and Art? Thank you so much. Marie, is there anything that you want to add? I, I, I do want to share you, know, there's been a couple couples that have come up and said, oh my gosh, 34 years, you guys are like, I'm like, no, we're, we're a hot mess. Like, the only difference is, is we just, we just didn't quit. Yeah. We almost quit two times, and uh it was a tough one, but if we can let God use our pain to maybe help mm-hmm. another couple, 
And you don't have to be in crisis to be in our group. But I love that. Storm is coming. That's the beauty of it. It's a good place to strengthen your relationship and prepare perhaps for a storm that may come. So it's not just couples in crisis. It's preparing for I love that. I love that. You don't have to be in a big no. crisis to be a part of this. Nope. Perfect. So, church, thank you so much for, for you. being with us. Thank, thank you for giving us a little bit more insight. I'll take that from you. That's okay. Thank you guys so much. And, and so, church, we, like I mentioned earlier, church, we are so passionate about the family and rebuilding the family. Will you stand with me before we dismiss? And before you go anywhere, I want to challenge us with something. We talked a lot about how to rebuild our families and giving you some ideas and what the word tells us about how to affirm. Church, you and I uh, are standing here today and we're, 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 we've heard from Art and Marie, you've heard from my heart. Like, like they said, like I have said, it's not because I've spent endless nights doing research. A lot of this is because I've spent it on my knees praying and in pain because of the bad decisions I've made, hurting those that I love. And um, I wish I could say that it wasn't because of that, I wish it was because I was book smart, but it was because I, I went through it the hard way. But as you stand there today, I want you to challenge yourself. And you're asking yourself, man, am I embracing the differences? Because remember, church, I want you to change this first. You can't pour out of an empty cup, of an empty vessel. So I want you to make sure that if we, you and I are going to rebuild our future, this community that we've been talking about and rebuild our church and rebuild our home, it starts here first, here, one, one person first. And then we can rebuild our home. Then we can rebuild our community, right? Outside the walls of our home. And then outside the walls of our home and then from that community to our city, to our state, our country, and you guys, we can make such a big difference. We can make such a big difference. And we are so passionate. At New Beginnings, we are so passionate about families, about rebuilding families, about keeping the family together. You're standing there, and I want you, I want to challenge you. Maybe you're thinking, we've talked about a lot of things today. Maybe you're not embracing maybe who you are, first and foremost. Maybe you're not embracing the different characteristic that you bring to this family. Maybe you're not embracing those around you. Maybe you're expecting a different characteristic from those around you. And you're, you're not embracing who they are as individuals. Or maybe you're not affirming and praising what they bring to the table for that characteristic. Maybe you're not doing that, or maybe, maybe you're not taking ownership and saying, well, 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 maybe it's something that's within me that I'm battling. Maybe that might be it. 
Or maybe you don't know how to extend that grace that you've been extended. And you don't know how to pay that forward. I mean, you and I have done that. You and, you and I have received so much grace from the people that we love. Count the times that you have messed up and that the people have forgiven you in your household. Not only them, but our Father. Because the book, book of Romans tells us, therefore... Accept each other just as Christ has accepted you and that God will be given the glory. And then we know the golden rule is Luke 6.31. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. I mean, we stand in this place and we go, Lord, can we reflect on that for a second? But you stand there and I want you to think of two things. One, you're thinking, man, I really need this area I need to work in this area. So while you're thinking that right now, I want you to take action and not just say, yep, that's me, and then walk out and, and go eat lunch. I want you to take action. I want you to finish that wall that was left at 50%. The people of Israel went back and they finished the wall. They didn't just say, man, that's a lot of work, and then they left and they said, oh, I'm done. No, they finished the wall. They were able to do it. They pushed forward. They forged forward and they finished the wall. I want us to do the same thing. So I want you to do two things. One, as you're contemplating these things, I want you to do two things. One, we're going to pray here in a second, but I want you to pray and I want you to pray super hard for that need that you have in your heart, for that need that you have in your life that you go, I definitely know there's an area here that I'm falling short on. And you know that area. You know that area. And in the back of our connection card, there's a prayer request. I want to pray with you. Our church and prayer teams want to pray with you and for you. You can also scan it on our QR code. But look, I want, we want to pray with you in that area. Okay? The second thing I want you to do is maybe you're saying, I don't know what it is. That's why I am a mess. I don't know what it is. And if that's you, that's okay. I still want you to pray. And I want you to do the second thing as well as the other group. I want you to stop by the re-engage table or maybe the adult education table and say, will this work for me? Because I don't know. I need something in my life. I need, will this work for me? Because I'm struggling with anger, with covetousness. I'm struggling with selfishness. I'm struggling with jealousy. I'm struggling with control. I'm struggling with, 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 with maybe, maybe not being able to extend grace or maybe forgiveness. Maybe you don't know how to forgive yourself. Maybe that's what you're struggling with. But I want you to really dig deep as bow our heads. Lord, right now, I thank you, Lord, uh, that so... Many prayers are being lifted up right now in this moment. Lord, we dedicate, Lord, so many families right now to you. Every person represented here, every family represented here. Lord, they come before you, Lord. We come before you, Lord, with humility, asking for your strength. Lord, so many needs right now, Lord. I feel it in this place, Lord. It is palpable, Lord. Your spirit, Lord, it is, Lord, I feel you. 
in this place. You're present with us, Lord, so thank you. But Lord, so many needs in this place are represented, Lord. Jealousy, anger, bitterness, the lack of self-control, the quarreling, the selfishness. Lord, all these things, Lord, that keep us from rebuilding and establishing this family unit, Lord, that is used to build your kingdom. Just like the people of Israel, Lord, that were not just building a wall, Lord, but they were building a people. They were building back your kingdom, Lord, not just this inanimate wall, but, Lord, they were building your kingdom, Lord. They were building your people. Lord, we think about these things right now, Lord, and we ask for your direction. We ask, Lord, that from this moment on, we dedicate ourselves, Lord, to stop and recalibrate, Lord, and move forward, Lord, for the glory of your name and for the better of my family. Lord, it is so important to us, Lord, to rebuild our families, Lord. These broken pieces, Lord, that represent so much in our lives, Lord, but can make such a beautiful mosaic piece of art. Our brokenness, Lord, only you can take our ashes, Lord, and and make them something so brand new and beautiful. It says it in your word. So, Lord, transform us today, Lord. Instill your word that was given today, Lord, and put it in our hearts, Lord, and that it would be instilled and that we would, we, we would take ownership of it, Lord, and continue to water it, that it would flourish in our lives, Lord. This word today, Lord, of how to rebuild our family, Lord, for the glory and the honor of your name, Lord, and continue the work to be done in this household, in our household, in this community, Lord, and prepare this place, Lord, for the coming of your son. That's what this is all about. Your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done. Thank you, Lord, for your word for the sweet and tenderness of your word lord it is so tender thank you for the tenderness of your word lord lord as we leave this place today lord we ask that we not leave your presence lord that we would not leave your presence that we wouldn't walk away from it lord that we would stay not to the right to the left that we would stay on track with you lord Thank you for this time together, Lord, and our brothers and our sisters here at New Beginnings, Lord. We pray, Lord, for a safe trip, Lord, to where we're coming or going to, Heavenly Father. And we pray, Lord, um, once again, Lord, to say thank you, Heavenly Father, for our time together. And it's in your name that we pray. And his people said, amen. Can we celebrate what the Lord is doing, church? Church, I want to encourage you to stop by a re-engaged table. And I hope to see you guys on Wednesday. God bless you, church. You're dismissed in his name. Amen.